Hello, listeners, and welcome to Ohio Mysteries. This is our 10-minute mystery edition, a little slice of intrigue in the middle of your week. I'm your co-host, Steve Yoder, and with us, as always, is our storyteller and journalist, Paula Schleiss. Hi, everybody. Tonight, we've got a mystery out of Circleville in Pickaway County that has stumped authorities for four decades. The murder of schoolteacher Vicki Lou Koch. It was 1980 when Vicki seemingly vanished from the face of the planet. She was just 25 years old, and friends described her as lovable, if a bit reserved and quiet for having grown up in Sandusky, Ohio, with two brothers. She was a talented musician, played the flute, and she followed the steps of many family members in becoming a teacher. She got her degree in 1977 from Capital University in Columbus and landed her first job teaching remedial reading at Jackson Elementary School in Circleville. That's the Westfall Local School District. On Thursday, August the 14th, 1980, just a few days before the start of her third year at Jackson Elementary, She was supposed to end her summer with a hometown visit to Sandusky, a long weekend with family and old friends. But she didn't show up, and her family began to worry. When she hadn't arrived by noon, with no word from the normally very responsible woman, they called Circleville Police. Since Vicky's family was nearly three hours away, they asked if an officer could make a welfare check to her apartment. The apartment on Lancaster Pike showed no signs of forced entry, no struggle, no violence, but also no Vicky. After those who knew her compared notes, they realized nobody had seen her since that past Sunday, August the 10th, when she went with friends to Sugarloaf Mountain Amphitheater in Ross County. Since 1973, the venue has famously been home to the outdoor drama Tecumseh. But the day Vicky went, she watched a performance of the Civil War musical Shenandoah. Afterward, she dropped off a girlfriend in the Fairfield County village of Stoutsville, then presumably headed for home. The day after Vicky failed to show up in Sandusky, her people drove down to Circleville to look for themselves. At her apartment, they found her shoes, her car keys, her house keys, but no Vicky. Later that day, her car, a red Chevy Nova, was found parked on East Main Street, about five blocks from where she lived. It was unlocked and undisturbed, but no Vicky. The apartment and the car were both processed by the state's crime lab, but at least publicly, it appeared they found no evidence to help with the case. Meanwhile, the Ohio State Patrol conducted an air search by helicopter, and the Pickaway County Sheriff's Department sent their underwater recovery team to search Hargis Creek. Police asked Vicki's friends about that trip to Sugarloaf Mountain, Could someone have followed her home? But her friends didn't notice anyone giving them undue attention. Then, a week later, Circleville was rocked by another case. 
the partially clad body of a 27-year-old woman was found the afternoon of Sunday, August the 24th. She was Brenda Wolf, and she had been beaten, raped, and strangled, and left in an alley between West Main and Watt Streets. With Vicki Koch still a missing persons case, the death of Brenda Wolf became the first homicide the city had seen in 11 years. Brenda Wolf's murder and Vicki Koch's disappearance had the whole town on edge. Doors were locked. Women no longer went out alone at night. But Brenda's murder wasn't a mystery for long. The very next day, they took into custody a suspect, a 34-year-old armed robbery convict on parole. Vicki's disappearance, police told residents, had nothing to do with the Wolf case. And so August ended and school began. Without Vicky's employer, her students, or her family knowing where she was. They didn't have to wait much longer. On September the 17th, nearly skeletonized remains were discovered in a cornfield in a rural area of Madison County that was 33 miles away. A worker for Oak Run Township was mowing the ditch along Mormon Road off Ohio 56 between Mount Sterling and London when he noticed something out in the field. At first, he thought it was trash. It wasn't. The worker called over the landowner, Jim Slagla, and he called the local sheriff. Dental records confirmed it was Vicky. The coroner couldn't tell how she died, and he couldn't narrow down her date of death although she was wearing the same Levi jeans that she had worn to Sugarloaf Mountain. His official ruling was a vague but certain death due to violence. In 1982, Circleville police were looking hard at a serial killer. They thought they had a suspect when Coral Eugene Watts admitted to Houston detectives that he had killed 13 women in Texas and Michigan. It was never made clear in news reports why police thought Watts, who lived in Detroit at the time of Vicki's murder, was worth looking into. But the story made brief headlines, and in the end, he denied killing Vicki, and that avenue was closed. Today, more than 40 years later, Circleville police still consider her case an active one. It's the only unsolved homicide on the department's books. Deputy Police Chief Bob Chapman keeps a framed copy of Vicki's reward poster on his office wall, with her face smiling beneath blonde hair pulled into a top knot. So she's never far from their thoughts. When Chapman asked the media to circulate her story again in 2019, he said, It's important to me because I personally feel that something was left unfinished here. In spite of Vicky's remains being little more than a skeleton, Chapman revealed that he had sent something to the state's Bureau of Criminal Investigation to be retested using modern forensics. He said, What I'm hoping is there's a DNA solution that could actually lead me to a viable witness, another contact, or another person of interest. 
At the time, the deputy chief said he was also searching for Vicky's car, just in case it still existed and could be tested again. In an interview a couple of years ago, Vicky's brother, Randy, also talked about her, how he could still see his sister smile and had a special bond with her because she was godmother to his daughter. He also told WBNS Channel 10 how much it would mean to catch her killer. He compared Vicky's story to chapters in a book. For the first few chapters, her family got to enjoy her. Then there were chapters of agony and loss. And then 40 years without an answer, he said, It's like we're at the last chapter, but the pages are blank. Just to be able to read those last pages, close the book, and shut it would mean a lot to everyone. That's it for our midweek 10-minute mystery. We'll see you here Sunday for our next regular full-sized Ohio mystery episode. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. May all of your mysteries have happy endings. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.